My greatest fear is running out of innovation. To me, innovation is what keeps us afloat. You know, it keeps me going every day. And sometimes that worried me like, okay, as I grow older, will I, you know, get more out of touch with what's happening in social media, new apps coming up, you know, how much do I want to keep up with? Because technology continues to advance. And so as you grow, you wonder how much of this technology do you need or how much can you handle? And so my fear is not being able to adapt because I think once I stopped adapting, that's when I'll stop growing and then it'll be time for me to hang up the... Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, a serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups and uh, seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Forrest Huff. And uh, just to give you a bit of introduction to Forrest, so uh, in high school, lettered in three sports, track, football, and, uh, and I can't remember the third one, so he'll have to remind me. And uh, while he was growing up, he was also kind of a geeky kid in his own words. So he collected cars, played video games, um, got his scholarship in, in basketball, had dreams of going into the NBA, uh, but then got injured and uh, that ended his career aspirations of the NBA. So graduated in sports management and went into or worked for a footlocker for a period of time while he was in school, did some internships at a clinic and then decided to start his own business. Um, went after he got into doing some videos with birthdays and mu- music videos and everything else. So that will lead a little bit to where he's at today of um, also doing some professional speaking, coaching and mentoring and whatnot. And with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Forrest. Wow, Devin, that was a great 20-second recap of a life. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome job, man. Awesome job. No, great Absolutely. to be here. So glad to be back. This is uh, awesome to sit here and chat it up with you again. Yeah, so kind of with that in mind, uh, walk us through a little, or tell walk through a little bit of your journey. You know, kind of I gave the twenty, or, you know, twenty second overview of a much longer journey. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you have, or how you got to where you're at today. Well, that third sport that you were mentioning was basketball. That was the one that I settled on and went to college, and you know, couldn't finish due to an injury, but that led me on a journey to kind of figure out what's next. You know. That was my passion. Basketball was a passion. It's like being a doctor. You don't have a plan B. You know, I didn't have a plan B. I really thought I wanted to go pro and it didn't happen. So I found myself, you know, working in retail and sales. And so that sales background, I think, really helped me out when I started on my entrepreneurial journey. So Mm. in 2004, I started my business and sales was one of the things that really stood out. It, It was in media production, of course. Because over the years, one of the things that I probably told you in our conversations that I always had a camcorder. So I was always recording my life from the time I was in high school until I was an adult. But it was more just about the, you know, the stories of just, you know, having fun with my friends and things of that nature. But that's what turned it into a business. And so my background in sales and customer services and retail is what really helped me grow my video production business. So later on, it, it kind of branched out into, you know, media production and branding and began to work with government agencies and corporations. And so now 17 years later, I've been an entrepreneur for 17 years, right? And so now I'm branching off into other things such as film and public speaking. And, you know, we do a lot of community mm-hmm. service. So that in a nutshell is kind of where we are in terms mm-hmm. of how it's evolved over time. 
No, and that sounds great. And, and just as a, as a reminder, just for those that didn't uh, catch it, uh, as Forrest mentioned, so we had you on a, a few months ago um, chatting about your journey, kind of what we just talked through, and this was giving people a bit of a, a refresher as to a bit of your journey. And so, you know, with that in mind, you know, as we are, you know, kind of now re- reminding everybody and bringing people back up to speed, you know, give us a, a bit of a, just a refresher kind of the audiences to, you know, six months ago, kind of where were you at? What was going on? Uh, what was, what was happening? And then we'll t- or hear a little bit about what's happened since then. But yeah, maybe give everybody a bit of a refresher. So yeah, six months ago, I was kind of in the heat of this thing called the pandemic. Are any of you familiar with that? <laughs> Uh, is, I may have heard of it. Yeah, that pandemic had happened. So I think we were all trying to figure it out. You know, it was the start of a new year. And the pandemic had happened, of course, in March of 2020. But there was this rebuild of different things. And so to give you a backstory, here are some areas that I'm focused on. I focused on my business, which really works with small businesses and government agencies and nonprofits. I'm also mm-hmm. a film producer. So I was making films at the time and I had started my journey as a professional speaker. So I had these three things that were really my bread and butter of what I was doing. Well, of course, when the pandemic hit, my first thing was to step back and sustain my company because I was really the lifeblood of all these other venues that all these other things that I had begun to get into. The film industry had come to a screeching halt. So I didn't have to worry about that. I just had to kind of hold my own on projects that I had and continue to market projects that I had completed before the pandemic, but I didn't have to worry about new productions because we weren't able to do anything. And public speaking had changed. I had gone from talking to audiences and people and getting over that fear to now having to talk to a little bitty video camera and try to motivate people and, and mm. get a message across on screen. So that was the challenge that we were faced with at the top of the year is how are we now going to make things work? So that gives you a recap. Now here's oh, what- that's a, a great recap, and it kind okay. of leads, leads to a question I have because I mean that is difficult, you know. And that's the kind of the all venues people that were used to, whether it's crowds or public speaking or mentoring or you know doing seminars and all that, you know, are now looking and saying the business model is at least for a period of time has shifted. You're not able to do those crowds. You're not able to get everybody in the same room or get them together. Or if you are, it's in a much reduced setting. And so as you're doing that, looking at that, and that's kind of the setup you've had, how did you kind of look to tackle that? You know, kind of as you're going through that, you know, was it just one where, hey, we'll wait out for a period of time. We can't wait anymore and we have to pivot, pivot. or early on you saw this was, you know, this was going to require you guys to pivot. So you, you made that decision early on or kind of walk us through how that went. Well, one of the things that was good that I really wasn't aware of is my company had been structured already for a virtual environment. You know, we provide a lot of post-production services. And then again, there were contractors that started to get out. So my company actually thrived. We picked up a lot, a lot of more, a lot of business, and so we had a great quarter and things were really swinging that way. So to my surprise, the company flourished. The film, as I told you, stopped. But public speaking is where I now had to kind of dig in and try to figure out how to tackle that monster. So mm-hmm. I began to, as I'm a member of Toastmasters, I you know, started working more with the organization. A lot of virtual speaking opportunities came up. A lot of them came that were free. I took as many speaking engagements as I could, free and paid, because I wanted to continue to hone the craft and get better. So over time, I've become more comfortable. And I've also been doing podcasts, which have helped because there was an influx in podcasts 
during the pandemic. And so that gave an opportunity for you to really get on the screen and talk with somebody and actually hone your message in. So for me, that process was more about getting out and doing it, not so much worrying about, oh, am I going to get paid to do this event? Or I'm so used to a crowd. It was like, listen, there's a new environment. Get used to it, right? Get over it and get used to it. Because in business, that's one of the things that we always talk about is you have to be able to adapt. And so for me, that was the change that I had to do in, in order to continue to grow. And even as a public speaker is adapt to the new environment and embrace it. Now, one question, you know, as you're adapting, because I think that, you know, easier said than done, or at least it requires a higher degree of, of changing, at least a mindset, because, you know, at least my limited, you know, public speaking and doing other, you know, talks or presentations and that is you tend to feed off of the crowd, right? In other words, it's easier to get them to engage, they're more willing to, or, you know, to answer questions that you can, you know, you can gauge how the audience is receiving things and everything else. And now as you're shifting to video and online and doing it remotely and everything else, it kind of removes a lot of that ability to engage and to work with people in that way. So, you know, was that an easy change? Was it a difficult change or kind of how did you adjust or adapt to that? For me, what worked, it was a challenge. It was a challenge adjusting the mindset. But what I had to do is I had to rely on skills that I personally had. And everyone has different skills that sometimes take you to sit down, write them out and figure out what is it that's happened in your life that could prepare you for this change. And I realized that I've had an active imagination. You know, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a storyteller. I had to find ways to envision that people were enjoying my talk, that my talk was giving them the fulfillment as as it would in person. You know, I had to imagine that when I cracked a joke or if I said something I thought would be a little catchy, that they responded. I just believe they responded, whether they did or not. And I proceeded in that same manager, man, in that same manner. And I had to focus on my energy. So one of the things I would do is I would set up a Zoom call with myself and I would do a presentation until the point I got comfortable doing that presentation by myself. So I no longer worried about what the crowd did. I just responded as if I knew the crowd responded a certain way. And whether they did or not, I think that the crowd would start to feed off of your energy because even when you speak, people feed off of the energy you give them. You know, if you give them this energy, like you're uncertain or you don't know what you're talking about, they tend to feel the same way. But I try to show confidence. I tried to show energy, enthusiasm about what I was doing and hoping that it would transcend through the camera. So that was my process of doing it. And I'm sure there are many other ways that could help others, you know, get through that same process themselves. No, that that definitely makes sense. And I I think that, you know, it's either one where you have to figure out how to adapt your process and, you know, imagine it kind of, you know, in your mind's eye, practice it a lot, get that confidence in doing it. Or you're going to, you know, if the venues aren't there, you're going to just, your business is going to wither and, 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 you know, not going to succeed or that. So as you're now making that transition, doing that, you know, going more online, doing more remotely and uh, in kind of uh, adjusting or adapting or pivoting, you know, what was the success like? Was it well-received? Did your business rocket up and it took off or did it, you know, kind of took a, a while and it was, you know, leveled out or took a bit of a downturn. You had to adjust, you know, and all of those are kind of different ones that people are facing. You know, some of them are saying, Hey, this uh, COVID has been, you know, while it's not been a good for the, you know, feel better, feel for a lot of people. It's been great for our business. Other times it's been tough and rocky times. So how did that work out for you guys? Well, in terms of, are we talking about speaking business right now? 
Yeah. Are you folks? Yeah. In the speaking business, there was a, a little bit of a downslide. And so, you know, budgets are cut off and people are trying to figure out what's next. So for me, I said, like I said, Devin, I began to take events that were free. You know, I, I wanted to spread my wings as much as I could. I had the ability to speak at other clubs in other countries. So I was actually able to further my blueprint because now I had access to people that I might not have had access to, you know, companies that were like yourself, you know, look, we're talking, we're in two totally different States. I might've never met you in this situation. So my footprint became broader, became wider. And so therefore I began to create relationships that were setting me up in the future for other opportunities. And so I began to, as the resurgence started, I began to book more speaking engagements and things are picking up and I still continue to work with other organizations and, and hone my craft and become better because now things are getting hybrid. So some are like, hey, come on in and some are like, let's do it virtual. So it's now another adjustment to get used to that balancing, balancing act because once you get used to doing it in front of camera, now you have to get back in front of people and get acclimated to that again. So it's always a learning curve. I think that's the part that I really enjoy is the challenge of continual growth and not just being stagnant at where I am. Now, and that, that definitely makes sense. Now to kind of follow up on that, I think in addition to some of the public speaking, you also got into a bit more of film and TV and community service and a few other things in addition to that are on those fronts as well. So maybe yeah. tell us a little bit about, you know, how that worked out. Well, I started a show uh, called Tough Talk Show. It was something that I planned on doing. And, and since I couldn't go out, I decided to start it virtually. And the idea came after I did a few podcasts and I said, wait a minute, I could go ahead and start a TV show. The only thing with my TV show is it included PSAs and there was a lot of production value. So the show had a lot of editing in terms of graphics and things like you would do a normal TV show, except the interviews were just on Zoom. And so I created this production. We were able to finish 10 episodes for a season and the show did really well. We won several awards and we also, you know, went in for an Emmy. We didn't get the Emmy nod, but it was something that I felt was an opportunity. So I tried to look at everything as an opportunity and not just see it as like, oh, this is just something we're doing. I took the TV show serious. It was similar to a podcast format, but as I said, there was a lot more production to it. So that was something that we were able to do. And I think for that season, it worked really well because it, it was a part of the branding and marketing strategy. It kept myself and my company in the forefront. You know, we didn't fall off. And that was one of the things that I was concerned about is not letting the company just go stagnant during this time. Hmm. No, I think that definitely makes sense. And, you know, there's the, I think some people started out saying, oh, we got to hunker down. We don't, you know, this will just be a, a temporary thing. And as it became more, you know, more people began to understand it's going to take longer. And it's, it's not going to just be a, you know, a shorter temporary thing. Yeah, I just definitely adjust and, and adapt. And I think those that can figure out how to adjust and adapt and how to leverage things and, you know, take advantage of the change in the marketplace and the ways of doing things, those that can figure it out first are going to be the ones successful. And it definitely sounds like that's kind of the direction that uh, you went and the, and the success that you found. So, now, as we, you know, as you're kind of talked a little bit, caught us up as to what you've done over the last six, you know, what, where you're at six months ago, what you've done over the last six months. Now, looking a bit into the future, as you're kind of saying, okay, to a degree, depending on where you live and in which state and 
whatnot. You have some there are some states that are pretty or well opened up. You have some that are going back into wearing masks or lockdowns, and you have somewhere in the middle. So as you kind of are dealing with all that, where do you kind of see things headed in the next you know six to twelve months for you? You know how does that how does that uh, look to plan or play out for you? Well, one of the things that's helped is I've been able to reach out with new contractors to work with my company. So there are there are contractors that are willing to go out and be more in the field. And so with that being said, it's created an, an opportunity for us to continue the, the work. You know, right now, this hybrid work is, is really working. And I am, you know, for me, there's been the concern of my kids. You know, last year, I had two of my children here with me, and they were in college. So now they're actually gone. They're back in school. And I have a young one that's still here because she's not mm-hmm. in school. We decided to keep her still at home. So there's that dynamic of now working from home with my wife, with my kid every day and that balancing act, because, you know, that's one of the things that also makes a big difference when you're running a business. You also have to be aware that now as a person who has a family, that dynamic plays into how I can run my business and how I balance that thin line between working too much and, you know, having too much fun with my family. So I can see myself in the next six to 12 months sticking with this model because I feel like, you know, there's a new variant that's coming out and now everyone's kind of unsure. And even in Georgia, you know, Georgia is just wide open, but you know, there are things when Georgia shuts down, it shuts down. So I feel like with this variant coming, there's going to be some things that shut down a little bit, unfortunately, but I think it's necessary because if we're going to thrive, we have to be aware of what's happening. And we have to now look at this model of a hybrid or even virtual as something that will be a staple for what we've done. And I'll make this last point. My daughter was in the first grade. And so now she's in the third and she's been virtual since first grade. This is going to really affect the way that age of children do things, you know, in the next decade or so. And also the way how many of us look at how we do business now as Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and business owners. No, I, I, I agree with you on all fronts. And I, you know, I think that that definitely makes perfect sense. So, well, now as, as we've kind of talked a little bit, you know, where you're at six months ago, walk through your journey, where you're heading in the next six, 12 months. And as we start to wrap towards the end of the podcast, you know, normally on the, the normal episode of the first episode that we had, I have my two questions I always ask on the, where are you at now episodes? I always ask a different question. So we'll jump to that now. And before we dive to that, we are doing a bonus question where we talked a little bit about intellectual property as well. So for those of you that like to stay tuned and hear us talk a little bit about patents and trademarks and other things, definitely stay tuned. But before we get to the bonus question on the end of the, or the last question I ask on the podcast is, you know, now as you got into, you know, continuing on your business you've had to adjust adjust you've had to pivot you've had to do different things as an entrepreneur and as a business owner what is your greatest fear and how do you deal with it my greatest fear is running out of innovation to me innovation is what keeps us afloat you know it keeps me going every day and sometimes that worried me like okay as i grow older will i you know, get more out of touch with what's happening in social media, new apps coming up, you know, how much do I want to keep up with? Because technology continues to advance. And so as you grow, you wonder how much of this technology do you need or how much can you handle? And so my fear is not being able to adapt because I think once I stopped adapting, that's when I'll stop growing and then it'll be time for me to hang up the, get up and, and maybe find something else. 
So that's my greatest fear. Hmm. No, and I think that, you know, it's in, that, that opens up a bigger, a much bigger topic and probably a, a t- topic for another day. But I think, you know, technology and first of all, how it adapts, how it, or how it uh, continues to evolve, how you use it, should you use it? You know, there's a question of, is it too intrusive into your lives? Is it, you know, on the one hand, it's great, you know, as the pandemic came along and as you're having to go to online and do it remotely, it's been, you know, it has those benefits to allow businesses to continue. On the other hand, you're also saying now it's, you know, it's hard to find that balance in the sense that you're, you can be working 24 seven, you always have your phone with you, you have your emails, you can, you know, it's hard to disengage sometimes with technology. So as it evolves, and as it continues to benefit our lives, I think there's that definitely that balance that makes sense that we have to find. So um, definitely a a fear, understandable fear, and also something that has to be dealt with. So With that, before we dive to the, the bonus question, as we wrap up the normal episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to uh, watch your or watch your show, they want to hire you as a public speaker, either in person or remotely, they want to um, have it, get any other coaching or other feedback, or just want to be your best friend, they want to be an investor, they want to be a employee, they want to do any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Well, you can reach me at forresttough.com. That's force tough, two R's, two T's, two F's dot com. And you can reach me at 678-754-2882. That's my direct line. And just contact me that way. And let's have a conversation and see where we can fit. All right. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, connect and, uh, and make, uh, and uh, explore things further. So, well, thank you again, Forrest, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now for all of you listeners. And now for all of you listeners, if you have your own uh, journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, definitely feel free to reach out to us. Just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. We'd love to share your journey. Uh, two more things as a listener. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so everyone else can find out about all of our awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you need, ever need help with patents, trademarks, trademarks, or anything else, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. So with that, now as we've uh, talked a little bit about your journey, how things are going, where things are heading in the future, your fears and everything else, now we get to shift gears a bit and we get to talk about, you know, one of the topics that I love talking about, as you can probably guess, which is intellectual property. And so with that, I'll turn it over to you to ask your, uh, your top intellectual property question. All right. So 2020, December, I trademarked the term filmpreneur. Mm. So now I own that mark. And so as I'm ready to now go back out and brand, I want to ask your expertise on how can I use that mark if it's, pat, if it's trademarked for anything that relates to the film business, how does that actually relate now if I want to get into apparel or other things of that nature? Is there something else I would need to do? Yeah, so there's a couple kind of questions within that and I'll, I'll break it down. Okay. The one question that often comes up you know, as a general question is people start a business, whatever it is, service, product, business, whatever. And then one of the first things they want to do is or get or start to sell what I'll call swag, you know, whether it's t-shirts, it's, you know, or bags or, you know, hats or other things, socks, or, you know, a whole bunch of different types of swag. And they say, well, do I need a trademark for those things? And generally the answer for swag type of bottoms or promotional items or those type of things is that the answer is no, you don't need to get a trademark for those. And the reason is, is, Trademarks are set up to be source identifying of a brand. 
And so when you're putting it on like a mug or you're putting it on a t-shirt, it's not, it's not identifying a brand that's selling shirts. It's really identifying your brand as a services you're providing as a coaching or as a, phone, or a TV show or whatnot. So generally, if it's a kind of swag type of items, unless you're starting a new clothing line or you're starting a new mug line or you're starting a whatever line and you're actually selling those products, swag usually you don't need to. You can, it usually doesn't provide a lot of value and it's not typically worthwhile. The other question that I would hit on is now let's say it's not the swag type of items, but rather let's say as a, as a kind of a made up scenario, the original trademark was only for podcasting. It was, you know, it was a description of goods and services was, Hey, I'm using this trademark for podcasting, but now you've branched out and you're going to write a book and you've also done a TV show and you're going to start a, whatever, you know, services or products. And so you started doing branching out. So what your original trademark doesn't cover those goods and services then you're going to, what you'd have to do is file a new trademark for the same word or the same logo, but for those new categories or the new areas that you're expanding into. So if it's swag, probably wouldn't worry about it. If it's other areas that are new services, new products, or other things that you're doing, then you'd have to file a new trademark application given that the, the other one has already been read or filed and registered. Great advice. Thank you. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap things up. And if you uh, or any of the listeners ever have any other questions about uh, patents, trademarks, or anything else with business, as I've already mentioned, you can go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. And then in the meantime, thanks again for coming on for us and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks so much for having me, Devin. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you.